Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, welcome to episode 18 of season 3 of the Toward Light podcast. Continuing the theme of the last two episodes, this episode is about compassion, but for others. As in the previous episodes, the focus here is on the felt sense of compassion. Spoiler alert, next episode will be about compassionate action. But before we get to the action step, we need to experience compassion. As I said, compassion, the Pali word is karuna, is the response of the heart in the face of pain. And when we stop and pay attention, we often find others in pain. This can be big pains or little pains. Your neighbor has cancer. Your daughter skins her knee. People in the Sudan are starving. When we stay with this quivering of our heart in response to these pains, we are embodying compassion. And we are a bioform that is conditioned to turn away from pain and to practice self-protection. So this is a challenging undertaking for our system to turn toward and to stay with pain. I cannot overstate how counterintuitive or challenging this is. I think I've given this example before, but one time that this was very clearly put in my face was I went out on my stoop and there was a dead bird and my body immediately turned away my head and my shoulders, and I immediately twisted away from this dead bird. That's just my system's reaction. And I had to train myself to face back, to pick up the bird, to put it somewhere more appropriate. But the point is we turn away from pain. And so having compassion for others is a training. One of my teachers, Chris McKenna, says, when you do this for a long time, When you inhabit your vibratory field in a conscious way, what you discover is that you're trading in long and drawn out periods of unconscious suffering for much shorter, intense periods of conscious discharge. Okay, so what does that mean? An example. A friend tells you that they're going through a breakup. You can worry and obsess and plan and deconstruct every single second with your friend and not even realize how much suffering you're creating for them or yourself. Or you can drop into compassion and feel the response you have to that pain of your friend going through this breakup. And yes, it's painful, but it doesn't last as long because you're conscious, you're with it. It's not underlying. Now, one way cultivating compassion is taught is in a repetition of phrases directed at other beings. This is a beautiful practice. There are lots of different phrases that people use. And there can be a misconception that we're bringing to mind this person in pain and then shooting beams of compassion at them. People will feel the impact of our compassion, but it's because we're changing our hearts. We are developing our capacity to be with pain, which in turn makes us feel safer to others. But this is not a bombarding somebody else with compassion. This is training our own hearts. In a commentary on the Buddha's teachings called the Visuddhimagga, 
Buddhaghosa goes through and talks about the different Brahmaviharas, of which compassion is one, and talks about both the near enemy and the far enemy. So the near enemy of compassion is pity. It is important to know this because we need to learn when we are truly feeling compassion and when we are feeling pity. Here is a quote from Brene Brown about this. If I called you and said, I'm really struggling, and you listened and you sat with me in it, and you said something like, what does support look like right now? That's compassion. But if I told you my problem and you said, bless your heart, you poor thing, what you're saying is not, I feel with you as an imperfect human with another imperfect human. What that says is, I feel sorry for you from over here where that shit does not happen. Do you know that experience? Do you know that experience of telling somebody something difficult in your life and them separating themselves from you in some way? You don't feel heard or you don't feel connected. What's the difference of feeling sat with rather than pitied or separated from? If you can know that in your experience, then you can offer that to others. I have seen many therapists throughout my life, and one therapist I saw very briefly, and around session three or four told her that I was no longer going to see her, because I didn't feel like I was being sat with. I felt like she was giving me ideas or things from a place above, as if she was an expert or something. And you know, it was a good choice. Like when I did tell her I was going to leave her, she immediately had sort of a temper tantrum about it. So I could feel that she was not able to be with me, that she was separate. The far enemy of compassion is disdain. We don't like to think that we have this in us, but of course we do. We have the full range of everything. We often can harden our heart to certain categories of people or create generalizations. And so it's important for us to notice if we are treating somebody because of the clothes they're wearing, the color of their skin, what they're doing, whatever, if we are separating ourselves from them in some way or generalizing them as part of a group, we're not going to be able to offer that person compassion. I wish I could find the source for this. I heard this mentioned in a Dharma talk and the teacher was talking about, I think, a book where these researchers were looking at connection or anti-racism or something. But the authors of this study, they offered one way to break out of generalizations, which is to look at the individual. And even if they're wearing a uniform you don't agree with, or they're doing an activity that you don't agree with, you find yourself disdaining or separating in some way. The question to ask is, hmm, I wonder if they like carrots. Now, you could ask any question, really, but it's it's getting to like, oh, who is this person? Like, who are they? What do they like? What are their preferences? What's their life like? No longer seeing them as a generalized we 
but as an individual. As I said, compassion, this being with pain, is counterintuitive to our system, and so it is a training. And there are times when we can do it really well and really feel compassion, and there are times, situations, people where it's harder for us, and that's okay. With compassion, in order to stay out of the pity realm, in order to not get overwhelmed, we often need to call in some equanimity, upeka, this quality of balance, this quality of understanding that every being is responsible for their own karma so we can feel with them, but we can't change their experience necessarily. We can support them, but they have to live their own life. We cannot live it for them. And we also need to know when we're getting into the territory of pity or overwhelm. If that's happening, then we know we're not accessing compassion and we may need to titrate. We may need to think about something else for a while, do an activity, distract ourselves in a healthy way, and then at some point see if we can come back to it. Again, this is a training And it's going to constantly throughout our lifetimes be something that we're working on. And why is it so important to stay with this felt sense of compassion? Why can't we take action yet? In many modern cultures, there is an emphasis on pressure, rushing, productivity. And so we often want to skip steps. We want to get places quicker. But just like learning the piano or tennis or Adobe Illustrator, in the beginning, you need to do repetition. You need to practice. It's clunky and we make a lot of mistakes. With compassion, it's the same. We're learning a new skill and we drift from compassion to pity back and forth and back and forth, sometimes swinging all the way over to disdain and then coming back to compassion. And so we have to feel the pain of that experience as well and offer ourselves compassion. And because this karuna, this quivering of the heart in response to pain is not natural for us, it is really so important that we practice the feeling before we take action. If we don't do that, we're letting ourselves off the hook, so to say, of an actual very key important teaching of the Buddha, which is experiencing the quivering of the heart in response to pain. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.